Welcome to First Presbyterian Church of Evanston. This Sunday sermon was given by Senior Pastor, Reverend Dr. Ray Hilton. If you'd like more information about First Presbyterian Church of Evanston, please visit firstpresevanston.org. Good morning. Our scripture reading today is from the first letter of the Apostle Peter, chapter 3, verses 18 through 22. Please join me in a prayer for illumination. O Lord our God, your word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Give us grace to receive your truth in faith and love, that we may be obedient to your will and live always for your glory. Through Jesus Christ our Savior. Amen. 1 Peter 3, verse 18. Christ also suffered for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, in order to bring you to God. He was put to death in flesh, but made alive in the Spirit, in which also he went and made a proclamation to the spirits in prison, who in former times did not obey, when God waited patiently in the days of Noah during the building of the ark, in which a few, that is, eight persons, were saved through water. And baptism, which this prefigured, now saves you, not as a removal of dirt from the body, but as an appeal to God for a good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God, with angels, authorities, and power made subject to him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, good morning, First Prayers. The Lord be with you. And welcome to our first Sunday of Lent. We begin this journey of walking with Christ all the way to the cross and into the victory of his resurrection. The picture you're looking, back, looking at is of a time back in the summer of 2016 when a, a powerful storm came through our area. And the pictures show the toll that the storm took on our backyard fence. And what I tell people about that day is that the storm won and our fence lost. Those massive tree limbs, and you're not seeing the whole thing. On the other side of the fence, there were some huge limbs that fell. I'm just grateful that there weren't any cars or anyone standing on the other side of the fence, but those massive tree limbs collapsed and they crushed our fence as if the fence was made from toothpicks. And from a distance, you know, when you look at it, there really was no outward sign of weakness. But now broken and laying across our fence and on over on the school's property, I went up and I looked at it and I could see the rottenness inside those massive limbs. You know, sometimes people are like trees. We can look good on the outside, but when a storm comes, we simply won't have the ability to hold up. 
As much as we adjust and shape outside behavior and appearances, it is the inside that matters, right? It is the inside where real transformation begins and continues. And during the 40 days of Lent, this will be our theme. From the inside out, we will have this conversation about where and how real change happens. And we know the score, right? Real change happens from the inside out. Of course, and this is a confession, and maybe you'll join me in the confession, we are all skilled at focusing on the outside, what people see, instead of attending to what the Spirit of God sees from the inside. And if you were to guess which vantage point God prioritizes, we would all have to say it's not the outside, it's the inside. Of course, we don't think about that because we get plenty of likes based on what we present to others on social media. Our public persona, if properly managed, it does bring results, albeit it's fleeting and superficial. And this is what happened when I went back and read that Old Testament story. This is what happened in the selection process for the next king of Israel in 1 Samuel 16. God sent Samuel to the house of Jesse to find the next king of Israel. And Jesse paraded his seven impressive sons before Samuel. And each time Samuel was ready to anoint one of Jesse's sons to be the king of Israel. And God kept telling him, no, no, that's not the one. I want you to keep looking. And then God tells him why. This is what the Lord says. And you see that text on your screen. Do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature because I've rejected him. For the Lord does not see as mortals see. They look on the outward appearance but God looks at the heart. It's like some of the apples I purchase. I love to eat apples. And you pick them up in the supermarket and they look amazing. Look amazing on the outside until you bring them home and you wash them and you slice them open and surprise and disappointment, all is not well. Our lives are like that. Each of us has a story, each and every one of us we're fighting some kind of demon. We're, we're, we're dealing with some kind of battle. We're dealing with some intense struggles and we don't always show it on the outside, but we may be on the inside. We're battling greed. We're battling anger. We're battling bitterness and unforgiveness. We're battling addictions to all kinds of things, whether it's to alcohol or pornography or some other kind of drug. We're struggling with shame and with fear and with trauma. And sadly, in the church, sometimes we don't know where to go with our struggles as we fight these battles internally. And there are many things, many things that we're proud of and then there's some things in our lives that we're not so proud of, but here's the good news, friends. We can change. We can grow. We can gain purpose. 
We can overcome the things that defeat us, and we can find strength and acceptance and joy. We can, but the question is how? And in the next few minutes, I just want to answer that question, how? What is the source? Well, first of all, step number one, I'd like to suggest that we need to admit our need to change. I mean, the whole thing about Lent is an admission that all isn't well. The whole idea behind Lent is this need to look at ourselves and say, we need to change. So that's the first step. Admit to ourselves, admit to God, admit to others that life from the inside needs a renovation. Real change happens from the inside out. Many of us, myself included, for years, we're like a car with a flat tire with no gas, and we're in need of an oil change and we need new brakes. We're running on fumes, overwhelmingly unhealthy, misaligned to God's purpose for our lives. We focus on the lack. We live without a sense of community. And then we keep doing the same things over and over again, and we keep expecting every year that it's going to be different. And somebody said that is the definition of insanity. So step number one is just to hit the pause button and admit that there's something in my life, there are things in my life that need to change because real change happens where? From the inside out. Do you remember the story of the religious leaders who came to Jesus and asked him, and these were the Pharisees and the teachers of the, of the law, and they came to him and they asked him, they said, why don't your disciples follow our age-old tradition? They eat without first performing the hand-washing ceremony, ceremony. And how does Jesus respond? Jesus says to them these brilliant words, it is what comes out of a person that defiles, for it is from within. It is from within, from the human heart, that evil intentions come, fornication, theft, murder, adultery, avarice, wickedness, deceit, licentiousness, envy, slander, pride, folly, all these things come from within and they defile a person. So friends, I'm, I'm saying to you this, this morning, don't be afraid to look in the mirror, literally look in the mirror, look at yourself in the mirror but even better yet, look in the mirror of God's word and just say, say it. There are things in my life that need to change. And if they're going to change, they must start from the inside out. And so self-examination, and that's what we're talking about, is the practice that facilitates such spiritual awakening. Awakening to the presence of God as God really is, an awakening to ourselves in light of God's presence. Awakening initiates a stage in the spiritual life traditionally understood as purgation. When was the last time you used that word? Purgation, in which God gradually strips us of our reliance on that which is not God, so we can return our hearts to him. 
So that self-examination and that admission. Here's the second step I would encourage us to consider as we seek to experience that renovation from the inside out. We need to remember now to embrace Christ's work for you, for me, for us. And so what exactly did Christ do for us that we couldn't do for ourselves? Well, our text this morning tells us that in verse 18, this is something that Christ did uniquely that we simply can't do. For Christ also suffered for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, and I love this phrase, in order to bring you to God. He was put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit. In other words, through the life of Christ, through his death on the cross and his resurrection, the power of sin then is broken. And so we come to God, not on our terms, not on the basis of our abilities, but we come to God through the agency of Jesus Christ. He brings us to God. Now, not for punishment, but for mercy, for help, for life. I remember years ago, while we still lived in Durham, North Carolina, we had this opportunity to attend an event at The Cove in Asheville, North Carolina. If you don't know what The Cove is, it's the Billy Graham Center for Evangelism. And if you've ever driven up to Asheville from Durham, you're going up these beautiful mountains, majestic scenery, and those mountains are steep. And while on our way, as we were driving up the mountains and Judith and I are talking and enjoying the scenery, all of a sudden this white plume of smoke starts billowing out from the front of the car, from under the hood. And I quickly pulled over on the side of the road and I called for help. And it took a while, but after a while, Triple A showed up and they towed our car to the nearest mechanic. Now, can we do a similar thing? Are we willing, as our lives are falling apart and we're disabled on the road of life, are we willing to call on Jesus and embrace the power of Jesus' life to change those areas of our lives that are disabled? What exactly, what exactly does Jesus do for us? What exactly does he do to help us so that we can fight this battle, as Paul describes it, as the flesh against the spirit? Jesus does exactly what the repairman does. We are disabled. He comes to our help. And just as I entrusted my car into the care of this tow truck driver who then took us to a mechanic, you and I are being asked to do the same thing. We entrust our lives into the care of our Lord Jesus Christ because he's the only one that can get us going again and give us new life. And that's what Jesus does for us. And so when you look at verse 21, we're being asked to receive Jesus' power to cleanse us. 
Notice what it says in verse 21. And baptism, which this prefigured, and this he's referring to is uh, the, the people of God going through that flood and Noah building that ark and going through the flood. It's a form of baptism. Baptism, which this prefigured now saves us not as removal of dirt from the body, but as an appeal to God for a good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's a very important verse to ponder because I think what we're hearing here is that baptism by itself simply doesn't change us. My pastor used to tell me years and years ago that without faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, we're just getting wet. If we don't trust Jesus as our Savior and we go into that water, we're simply getting wet. But coupled with the embrace of Christ's forgiveness for our sins, and as we come under the reign of Christ and we follow him as Lord, baptism then becomes a sign. It becomes a sign, a symbol, an outward sign of the new life that is within us, the new life in Christ that is within us. We're a new creation. We've experienced a rebirth through the Holy Spirit and the baptism then symbolizes that change, symbolizes that cleansing. And the reason for the hope of transformation then stems from the power and the authority of Jesus Christ to not only suffer and die for us, but also to be raised for us and to cleanse us. And Paul says that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead will also raise our mortal bodies, will give us the power to live as the new creation in Christ. Jesus has the power to keep you. He has the power to change you. He has the power to transform our lives. And this is what Peter says of Jesus then in verse 21. Jesus, who has gone into heaven, where is he? He's at the right hand of God. And look at this now, with angels, with authorities, and powers made subject to him. Jesus has the power to transform us. But this is not a solo trip. It's a trip and a journey that involves others. There are others on the journey with you. If you would just look around, and if you were in church here today, I would ask you to look around and I would tell you that everyone sitting in the balcony, everyone sitting in the pew, everyone walking up and down Chicago Avenue, they're on a journey, they're dealing with something, they're struggling, they're fighting, they're up and they're down. You're not alone. And the mistake we make in the church is that we hide and we want to present ourselves as finished products. And we want to present ourselves as above all the, the mess that other people are dealing with. And that's not what, that's not what Jesus wants for us. The, the opportunity that we have as the church is to stand in solidarity with each other. And when one person is mourning, we mourn with them. When one person is rejoicing, we rejoice in them and with them. And one, when one person falls, we who are spiritual, we come alongside that person and we lift them up and get them back on their feet. Why? Paul says, because a day will come when we will mourn, when we will struggle, when we will fall. 
and our brothers and sisters will come and they will help us back on our feet. Real change is activated through Jesus' church, his people, his body. And I'm in a small group. My wife and I are in a small group where we talk openly about the need to change. And what I love about our small group is that there is no shame. We're not ashamed. We willingly open up about where we need to grow. And what we do is we try to encourage each other and hold each other accountable. And we all admit in our little small group that we all have room to grow and space to change. And I love that because every time I'm messing up, every time when I'm acting out, I think about the fact that my brothers and sisters have heard my confession and I want to do better. I want to model before my brothers and sisters a life that is in the process of being changed. And I'm so glad I'm part of that group. But I'm telling you, friends, this is the hardest part of the change and the transformation process. Getting over the fear of being known as people who have not arrived. So the question is, who sees your dirty laundry? Who helps you with your dirty laundry? God already knows. And now it's time for us to come out of the shadows and open up and let others pray with you. Let others support you. Let others walk with you. And the question, of course, is your car is broken down on the side of the road. Are you going to humble yourself and say, Jesus, I need help. I can't make another step without you. I need help. Would you be willing to do that? And what holds many of us back from changing, it's that P word. It's pride. And I'll be honest with you. I'm struggling, if I'm struggling in my marriage, and I know pastors who are struggling, and they say, well, I can't go to a therapist because what will the church think if they know that their pastor is seeing a therapist? And I'm telling you, what's holding us back, it's that P word. So I'm asking you as we launch this season of Lent, transformation from the inside out, would you be willing to join us informing these rituals of friendship with Jesus over the next 40 days. And I invite you to join us in the following daily prayer, daily reading of scripture, daily examination of the heart, daily worship and thanksgiving. And Jesus will use these rhythms of grace to change us from the inside out. Now, I know some of you have already signed up for those Lenten devotionals. I got mine in my inbox on Wednesday. I want you to sign up for it because that's going to help you. It's going to give you perspective it's going to help you to walk that road of Lent, looking in the mirror and saying, God, there are things in my life that need to change. And these devotionals will help you to open yourself up to God. And then at the close of our service, 
I do want to offer to you the ministry of our prayer companions. This is another opportunity to gather with Christ-centered people who themselves are not perfect, fellow pilgrims, and for you to be able to say to these brothers and sisters, would you pray for me? So at the close of the service, right there in the chat, you can click that link or you can go to our website and click that link and it'll take you to that Zoom room where you will meet with fellow travelers to hear your story, to pray for you, to pray for the burdens that are welling up in your heart from the inside out. Jesus is the source if we want to begin this journey of transformation. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.